0: You're listening to Earshot from WXXI News. I'm Veronica Volk. This week, Rochester's black and brown LGBTQ organizations have been able to expand their reach now that the Out Alliance has shut down. It gives us a lot more room to acquire those grants and put it where folks actually need it. And military veterans are returning from overseas with respiratory problems. And they're fighting to get health benefits from the VA. I'm not saying go give me a million dollars. I mean, we did our job. Help us. Plus, a pop-up clinic offers COVID vaccines at a local barbershop. All that from your local news podcast, Earshot. For half a century, the Out Alliance was the primary advocacy and services organization for the LGBTQ community in Rochester. Until last year, when it closed, abruptly. And the news was bittersweet, because to that point, the LGBTQ community in Rochester was divided. In the time since, other organizations have stepped in to fill the needs of the community, particularly for black and brown trans folks. My colleague April Franklin has this story.
1: The words safe zone still frame the windows of the empty Outer Lines building. But Bianca Castro wouldn't describe her experience as safe. We went to one of the trans groups and it literally was divided. There was white folks on one side, brown folks on the other, and it, it didn't feel safe. Castro is a 29-year-old black transgender woman. She says as a teenager, she briefly attended programs at the organization, which was then called the Gay Alliance of the Genesee Valley. But she never found community there. For years, Out Alliance was criticized for centering its mission around white gay men. Many women and people of color turned to organizations like Mocha Center and Rochester Black Pride for support. Rochester Black Pride helped Castro with a housing emergency in 2019. They were connecting me to resources, crowdfunding, and were able to get me an apartment for me and my family. What those organizations could do was limited by lack of funds. But now the Out Alliance is out of the picture, those small groups get a bigger piece of the resource pie. It gives us a lot more room to acquire those grants or funding that they received and put it where folks actually need it. Castro is now a director for Rochester Black Pride and has seen this firsthand. A lot of the money those organizations get go to things like housing, helping people find jobs, and paying for groceries for people who can't afford it.
0: Out alliance got millions and thousands of dollars that never really touched our streets.
1: Britton Harders, a black trans man, is the founder of Next Generation Men of Transition. Harders supported the Out Alliance when it was operating, but he says he can't ignore that there has been less division in the community during its absence.
0: With the departure of Out Alliance, I truly believe that definitely bridged the gap as far as the Black LGBTQ plus community and just white folks in the LGBTQ plus world.
1: Javanna Davis, a trans woman, says she never attended Out Alliance's programs. She found her family and career as a medical technician at Trillium's Mocha Center. The Mocha Center, they they are a very vital part of the community at this point, especially since the Out Alliance has uh, been disbanded. Davis says her 17 years as a healthcare worker has taught her to take the holistic approach in helping women in the community. She started her own nonprofit called Women Appropriating Visibility and Empowerment eight months ago. WAVE is geared to build unity among all women of color. She specifically helps trans women in domestic violence situations.
0: Whether you have the cis
1: or the trans in front of that word woman, you're still a woman. And as a black and brown woman, we're always going to have that target on our back. Hargers and Davis's organizations often collaborate to bring food and other resources to people in need. And Castro is giving back in her new role. Her team is in the process of securing a building that will provide emergency housing for LGBTQ youths. Harder says he's proud of the expanded network of resources for trans people living in Rochester.
0: Now when you're doing the research and you're looking up trans support Rochester, New York, you'll find Wade. You're going to find Rochester Black Pride. You're going to find Next Generation Men Transition. April Franklin is a reporter for WXXI News. Hi, this is Evan Dawson from WXXI. And if you're enjoying Earshot, then you'll want to subscribe to our other podcast, Connections with Evan Dawson. That's me. On the podcast, you can catch up on discussions about current events, arts, politics, and interesting people. Subscribe to Connections with Evan Dawson, where you subscribe to Earshot from WXXI News. Imagine joining the military and serving overseas, and then coming home to find that you've developed a respiratory illness like asthma. More than 3 million military service members who served overseas since the 1990s were exposed to toxic smoke. That's because of the use of burn pits as a way to dispose of waste at military sites outside the U.S. Our colleagues at WSHU found out that people who came home sick were having a hard time proving that this exposure caused their illness. And they have to fight for health care and disability rights from the VA. Desiree Diorio has this story.
2: Retired Army Sergeant Rigoberto Rosario remembers black smoke that hung so thick in the air he couldn't always tell if it was day or night. Picture
3: yourself being buried alive, and there's no breathing. That's the only way I could put it. Darkness in the in the daytime.
2: Rosario served in Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, and Afghanistan, next to burning oil fields, during sandstorms, and near burn pits, giant outdoor holes in the ground where the military got rid of trash. Everything from plastic to electronics to human waste would get doused in jet fuel and incinerated. Rosario says that's why he has asthma so severe that one flight of stairs can leave him winded.
3: I have inhaler in my car, I have inhaler in my book bag, I have inhaler at home, I have Two or three in Heller. I work in a different floor just in case.
2: At a park near his home on Long Island, Rosario talks about a different war he's been fighting for more than 25 years, trying to prove to the VA that his breathing problems are due to toxic exposure during his deployments.
3: They have sent me to this office, this office. Oh, I need a record for this. Oh, I need a proof for this. Oh, I need a proof for that. So it was the merry-go-round.
2: The VA routinely denies disability claims from veterans like Rosario, who say burn pits made them sick. It's tough for individual veterans to prove the exposure caused their health problems. And in most cases, the VA doesn't consider exposure a service-related condition. Veterans advocates say the government should automatically recognize burn pits and other toxic exposures as a health danger and should presumptively grant benefits to anyone who was exposed in the past and is sick now. Shane Learman is with the group Disabled American Veterans. Something
3: needs to be done now because, as history has shown us, you wait too long, you're gonna lose more veterans than you're ever going to cover.
2: He notes that Vietnam War veterans had to wait decades before they received benefits for diseases linked to the Defolian Agent Orange. He's lobbying Congress to pass bipartisan legislation to make it easier for veterans to prove their illnesses are caused by what they breathed while they were deployed. Among those spearheading the effort is comedian turned activist, John Stewart. For those that have fought and defended and served this country, For them to come home and have to fight against the very government that they volunteered to defend is immoral. The VA declined an interview request, but said officials would meet with Congress in the next few weeks to discuss burn pits. The VA has said there's not enough evidence to link long-term health problems to toxic exposures. At a May congressional hearing, VA Deputy Secretary Ronald Burke said the issue is a top priority, but the agency needs more data.
3: In order to do a better job researching exposure to toxic substances and military environmental hazards, we need more insight into the health issues that veterans are experiencing.
2: Burke said the agency is conducting its own review and plans to announce new policies this year.
3: Our research indicates that an overly cumbersome process and an assumption of denial discourages veterans from filing toxic and environmental exposure-related claims.
2: Rigoberto Rosario just wants the VA to recognize his asthma is related to his service. At 62, he says he wants to know that he can qualify for disability benefits.
3: I'm not saying go give me a million dollars. I mean, we did our job. Help us.
2: Rosario says he wouldn't hesitate to put on his uniform again if asked. But
0: he wants to feel like the
2: government has his back, too.
0: Desiree DiOrio is a reporter for WSHU. And this story came out of a public media collaboration that reports on American military life and veterans. It's called the American Homefront Project. You can check out more of their stories at americanhomefrontproject.org. And lastly, today, we have a story out of southwest Rochester, where a barber and beauty shop is participating in a nationwide program to get the vaccine out. My colleague Raquel Steven has this story.
3: All right, we got our first guy, our first guy. Yay! We'll
1: Mason Lewis Jr. was greeted with an outburst of chairs when he walked into New Creation's unisex shop on Jefferson Avenue.
0: They said I was, I was number one. That's good to know.
1: New Creations is one of the locations that participated in the Shots at the Shop initiative. It's a national outreach geared toward providing fact-based COVID-19 information and the vaccine to communities that were disproportionately affected by the coronavirus. Lewis says he kept putting off vaccination, but the current spike in cases worried him.
0: They say it's coming back much stronger now than, 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 than it was. I said, nah, I better for, for be too late because I won't get sick.
1: City Council Vice President Willie Lightfoot is the owner of New Creations. He says participating in this program was about educating his community.
3: I want people to be informed and make an informed decision. And think about your family, think about your circle.
0: Raquel Steven is a health reporter for WXXI News. You've been listening to Earshot from WXXI News. And we want to know, what are the stories you're thinking about? What are you talking about in your community? Drop us a line at earshot at WXXI.org. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast to keep up to date on local news. Find even more at our website, WXXInews.org. Music this week from Blue Dot Sessions and Poddington Bear. I'm Veronica Volk. Thanks for listening. This program is a production of member-supported WXXI Public Broadcasting, Rochester, New York.